with uh, just two. Acts chapter 2, verse 4. And Acts 13 and 52. The version of the screen system we have, once you put too many things in, it's like we've got too many. It won't save. Save it. And I was only halfway through putting them in, and I was like, that's enough. I got them all in. They just it lets me know that I've got a lot of verses. So pray for Cheryl. Acts 2 and 4, this is when we know. It says, And they're all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. In Acts 13 and 52, and all the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. So I'm going to call this one full. I was going to call it full of it, but I decided not to. Just full. Let's pray once more together. God would speak to us and have his way in our lives. Jesus, I pray, God, that as we get into your word tonight, that you would continue to, to work and uh, to finish what you started here this morning. I pray in Jesus' name, God, work in our lives. I pray, speak to us through your, your word and draw us closer to you. God, fill us with your spirit, I pray. In the name of Jesus, God, move in our midst. God, we give everything to you. Uh, I continue, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated if you like. stories and people receiving the Holy Ghost and God working in all these incredible ways and delivering people and um, even if you like people getting killed there's some of that in there if you like all that you like I don't know like pretty much anything you want to find you can find in the book of Acts there's all kinds of shipwrecks and jail breaks and all the exciting stuff it's all wonderful things in the book of Acts and we love we love the book of Acts and we love the the day of Pentecost, we call ourselves Pentecostal in reference to the day the Spirit was poured out. We put it on our sign and in our church name. And because we believe we have experienced the same thing, we have received the Holy Ghost as evidenced by speaking in other tongues just like they did in Acts chapter 2. And uh, I think as we read through the book of Acts, I think we kind of see ourselves in these stories a bit. And the early church, they were... Fancy word, they were ostracized and they were cut off from their Jewish brothers. And for the most part, um, I don't know, I guess we'll just say our branch of Christianity um, was kind of um, throughout history shunned by most, for the most part. And so I think we kind of identify with that a bit. Uh, you know, people say things like, you don't need baptism, Jesus name stuff. You need the holy, the holiness stuff. You don't need to receive in the Holy Ghost 
stuff, just believe. And sometimes you don't even have to do that. Just be a nice person and we'll will you right into heaven. But I truly believe that if we want to be a Book of Acts church, like it, it's been said many times, I, I mean, we have you know, Pentecostal right there on our sign. And um, anyone ask you what church you go to, it's the Pentecostal one. And so I think if we really want to be like um, a Book of Acts church, we need to get a hold of um, this today. Acts 2 and 4 says, And they're all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. When the Holy Ghost was initially poured out, when we ourselves received the gift of the Holy Ghost, we were filled. And when, you know, we try to explain it to people that want to receive the Holy Ghost, we say things like, you know, repentance cleans you out, cleans your heart out so Jesus can come inside and, and fill you and that sort of thing. And he fills us. And, but somewhere along the line, we stop being filled Somewhere along the line, we let other things come in. And somewhere along the line, we allow sin and bad attitudes and pride and arrogance and bitterness and fill in the blanks to come live inside of us. And uh, this may blow your minds. So hold on to your seats. But we only have the capacity for so much. I'll let that settle up, sink in there. We can only hold so much. You cannot be full of the Holy Ghost and full of something else. You cannot be full of the Holy Ghost and be partly full of bitterness. You cannot be full of the Holy Ghost and be partly full of pride or arrogance, or selfishness, or sin, or whatever, anything. In the early church, they started this thing off, Acts chapter 2 and 4, being filled with the Holy Ghost. No room for anything else. There was no room for egos. There was no room for worry. There was no room for doubt. There was no room for any of this other stuff, because they were filled right up with the Holy Ghost. If you think back, some of you may take a while to remember, but if you think back, to when you received the Holy Ghost, think back to that day. You were full. Nothing else mattered. There was no worry about tomorrow, what I'm going to do tomorrow. Uh, there was no worry about what's going to happen later in the day. There was no worry about what's going to happen the rest of the service. There was no worry about who's looking at me. There's no pride. There's no anger. There's no hatred. There's no jealousy or bitterness. If you remember, or at least that was with me. I don't know. I can't speak for you, but as far as I can tell, that's how it works. In fact, in Acts 13 and um, 52, it says the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. So we're going to talk about some signs that you're full of the Holy Ghost. Look at that in the book of Acts. There's a joy that comes when you're filled with the Holy Ghost. How do I know if I'm not full? If there's a lack of of joy in my life. That's evidence right there that I need some more of Jesus in my life. This is not going to be an incredibly deep thing tonight. This is... If there's a lack of joy, if I'm just angry and mad and bitter and 
that's evidence right there that I need more Holy Ghost in my life. We can, we can just pull random verses out of context. So let's put Acts 13 and 52 into context. Because I'm not a big fan of just pulling stuff out, as you know. And I mean, it's easy to be full of the Holy Ghost and joy when we come, you know, we're in a camp meeting. And the preacher's saying all the things that we want to hear. And he's pumping us up. That's easy. It's easy to be full of joy and, and the Holy Ghost when everything's going well. It's easy to be full of joy in the Holy Ghost when, you know, the bank account's full. Everything's paid off, whatever that's like. I assume it's easy to be full of joy when the kids aren't acting crazy and your spouse isn't arguing. It's easy <laughs> when things are going well. But in this story, Paul and Barnabas are preaching to the Gentiles and God's moving. That's good. And people are responding and they're being saved and that's good. And uh, everything's going well and God, you know, the word of God is spreading throughout the area, it says. And, but in Acts um, 13, 50 to 52, it says, But the Jews incited the devout women of the high standing and the leading men of the city, and they stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and drove them out of their district. But they shook off the dust from their feet against them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. The Jews started to persecute Paul and Barnabas and all these new believers that were coming in. The Jews started to attack them. They were in the middle of having a revival. And then the persecution literally drove the preachers out of the area. And they had to go somewhere else. Where God was moving. He was filling people with his spirit. The word was spreading. It was everything that you want. And then they had to leave. I don't know about you, but if God was just filling people with the Holy Ghost, and then the town turned against us, and the leaders turned against us, whoever they are, I don't know, and then everyone started persecuting us, I think some of us would just sink down to the depths of despair. Oh, no, I wouldn't. Do you not remember the last couple of years? How soon we forget. Could you be a little louder, Julia? I was, the last couple of years, you know, we couldn't have church for a few weeks and people all but gave up. We still haven't recovered. So, anyways. But Paul and Barnabas, they were full of joy and the Holy Ghost in the face of persecution, the face of being driven from a place where God was working and moved. And that's how you know that you're full of it, <laughs> the Holy Ghost. When you can be persecuted and still have joy, when you can smile even though you're being attacked, when we can rejoice even though the world is against us, and we can, <laughs> we can moan and whine and complain because our ungodly government makes ungodly decisions, surprise, and act like it's the end of the world, and woe is me, and everything's horrible, we're all going to die, where are my freedoms, and whatever. Instead of having joy, instead of rejoicing, they shook the dust off their feet. Because that's what Jesus told them to do. In Matthew 10, he said, And into whatsoever city or town ye shall enter, inquire who in it is worthy, and there abide till ye go thence. And when ye come into a house, salute it. If the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. And if it not be worthy, let your peace return to you. And whosoever shall not receive me nor hear your words, when ye depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. And then later in 22 to 24, he says, And he shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. And when they persecute you in this city, flee into another. For verily I say unto you, you shall not want 
Uh, you shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man become. The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. Jesus said that this very same thing would happen. They were going to turn and they were going to persecute and they're going to drive you from the city. And they had joy when it happened because that meant they were walking in the will of God. And I hate to break it to you, but persecution is supposed to be par for the course. And how we respond to persecution reveals whether we're full of the Holy Ghost or not. And whether we let our own pride and our feelings and our own ego get in there. Because if we do that, we will find ourselves being offended. And I've been there and I will probably find myself there again. Because I'm not perfect. One day, one of our kids came home from school and one of their classmates had told our child that their father was an idiot. That's one thing if my wife says it. <laughs> Some person I never even met said, your father's an idiot. My mother or her father, whoever it was, said that your father's an idiot. I never met them. But our child had told them, <laughs> you're laughing because you think it's true. I see. <laughs> Our child had told them that they went to church and that their dad was the, the preacher. And so because of that, I'm an idiot. And I know that's really not persecution in the strictest sense. There's a lot worse that could happen, but I found myself taking offense to that. <laughs> And I allowed myself to become offended instead of rejoicing in the fact that I was in the will of God. So I know, you know, we can find ourselves in that situation and how we react shows how much of the Holy Ghost we're letting work in our lives. And I, being honest, I fell short at that moment. What else happens when we're filled with the Holy Ghost? There's a boldness that we should have. You knew that one. Acts 4 and 8, it says, And Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, You rulers of the people and elders of Israel, and he preaches at them for a while. But Peter and John, they've been arrested for the whole, in Acts chapter 3, the whole lame man getting healed and preaching to the crowd and came to see what was going on thing. And, uh, and now they're on trial before the religious leaders. And Peter, who the Bible says is filled with the Holy Ghost, starts preaching Jesus to these guys. And Peter, who a mere... Um, Two months or so before denied that he even knew who Jesus was to a servant girl whose opinion really didn't matter in the grand scheme of things. Peter, who had failed his best friend when he needed him the most a few months later, but now he, he gets up and boldly proclaims the name of Jesus and he associates everything he does and is doing with the name of Jesus, whereas before he wouldn't even acknowledge that he knew him. What was the difference? Now he's filled with the Holy Ghost. Peter, he's always been kind of brash and rough around the edges, but this is a little bit different. In Acts 4 and 13, it says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. What a testimony. They marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. These leaders, these religious leaders, they noticed there was a difference with Peter and John. There was a boldness that they had in Jesus, being bold and bold alone doesn't mean you're full of the Holy Ghost. 
The boldness needs to be placed in Jesus. There's all kinds of people that are bold with all the wrong <laughs> reasons. Some of us have boldness, but it's in the wrong thing. A lot of times it's our own opinions. Sometimes we're bold in ourselves. But these guys got up and boldly proclaimed Jesus in his salvation. The boldness that we have from the Holy Ghost is found in, in Jesus. To the, he, he gets up and he says this and he preaches to the same group or the same type of guys that were responsible for killing Jesus. The leaders in Jerusalem. There was, there was no fear of death in Peter at this moment. There was no fear of punishment. They were not worried, Peter and John, about what would happen to them. And when you're full of the Holy Ghost, you'll stand up against evil and sin. Um, and you can discern what is evil and what is not. There's another story in Acts 13 and 9. And Saul, who was called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him. So in Acts 13, we're just going through the whole book in case you haven't noticed. Acts 13, Paul and Barnabas, they meet a guy. Uh, verse 6, it says, And they had gone through of the isle unto Paphos and found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew, whose name was Bar-Jesus. Do you know what that means? Bar means son of. So this guy, the sorcerer, is calling himself the son of Jesus. Going around pretending he's doing miracles because he's the son of Jesus and he's doing all this stuff. He's pretending he was Jesus' son. He's perverting the name of Jesus. And Paul finds himself in this situation. He's full of the Holy Ghost and he stands up to him and he speaks uh, against him and he prophesies that he'll be blinded and lo and behold it happens and, and, and this, is, this is what happens when we're full of the Holy Ghost. There's a, there's a boldness and there's also the ability to discern evil and whatever. Good and evil. That's the other one. God speaks to us and he, he speaks through us and he shows us things so that we can correct situations. And that's where Paul was full of the Holy Ghost and there's a goodness about someone who's full of the Holy Ghost. In Acts 11 and 24 it says, For he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith and much people was added unto the Lord. This is talking about your man Barnabas. Barnabas is one of the most important people in the New Testament. And we all kind of overlook him. But Barnabas, he was one of the first to welcome Paul into the church. Everyone else was a bit worried and apprehensive because Paul or Saul had been arresting people and he'd been disrupting everything and he'd been fighting the church and now all of a sudden he's showing up to, to the meetings and now all of a sudden he's showing up at your house. <laughs> I'd be a little suspicious, I can be honest with you. I know a lot of us are more spiritual, but I would. I'd be, you know. <laughs> St. John, there was a, a good man, a, a minister in, in the church. And his son had grown up in it. And he was very much against the church. And uh, he's written books about how it's all whatever. Um, and there were times he would just show up at church and it was just like, <laughs> don't say anything to him because he's going to take it and twist it and do all this stuff. And, I, 
And it was just this awkward moment. It wasn't very often, but once in a while he would show up and, and everyone's like, oh, he's just here to whatever. Whether he was or not, we don't, I don't know. I didn't ask him. I was, I was younger and don't really talk to people. Anyway, especially people I don't know what they're going to do with what I say. And so, so I imagine that's kind of like what it was like when Paul started showing up. People were like, I, I don't, do we go ahead? Do we just, do we, do we have church as normal? Do we pray? Do we do, what do we do? Because I, I don't know what's going to happen. As soon as we say Jesus, what's going to happen? Is he going to, and so they're all kind of suspicious. And, and, and Barnabas, he's like, no, this is a good guy. God, Jesus has done something in his life and he's, he saved him and he's going to use him. And now Paul's speaking and teaching and all this stuff. And it looks suspicious, maybe like he's undercover or whatever. But Barnabas is the one that takes him under his wing and he, he backs him up and he, he takes them out and they, they go together, uh, missions, trips and stuff. And, and it says about Barnabas that he's a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and faith. And people that are full of the Holy Ghost are good people. They're kind. They're forgiving. They're loving. They're patient. It's not a coincidence that all this stuff lines up with the fruit of the Spirit. So Barnabas takes Paul and he, he backs him up and, and all that. And, and um, Barnabas shows up at the church in Antioch in Acts 11 and 23. It says, And when he came and he saw the grace of God and was glad, and he exhorted them to all remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. So Barnabas was an encourager. People full of the Holy Ghost encourage and build up. So if you're doing the opposite, there's your sign. Oh, one last point. We could be here all day if we went through every person in the, in the book of Acts. One more guy, Acts 6 and 5. Is this okay? Does this make sense? These little signs that God's given us shows us that I need to get myself right with him. That's what I'm trying to get at. We find ourselves judging everyone that comes to the door. We find ourselves unforgiving. If we find ourselves... Um, what are the other things where I forgot already? We find ourselves being timid and, and afraid of everything. These are signs that I need to let Jesus work in my life. I need to let him fill me with his spirit again. Acts 6 and 5, it says in there, and the saying pleased the whole multitude and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost and Philip and Procurus and Nicanor and Timon and Pumbaa and Nicholas, no, Parmenius and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. So Stephen, he, the Bible says he was full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. And several times throughout the story of Stephen, it's mentioned that he is full of faith and the Holy Ghost. It also mentions that about Barnabas as well. And if you look at um, Hebrews chapter 11, the faith chapter, it gives us a glimpse into the lives of some of the characters in the Bible. And throughout the entire chapter, it says things like, by faith, Abel offered. By faith, Enoch was translated. By faith, Noah prepared. By faith, Abraham obeyed. By faith, Moses forsook by faith this person did that and every time faith is followed by an action because faith is shown by us obeying God and Stephen was full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost and he 
obeyed, even though it cost him his life. And when we are full of the Holy Ghost, faith and obedience to God and his word and his will naturally follows. So a reluctance to obey God or not obeying God is a sign that we're not full of the Holy Ghost. Not going where he asks us or not praying what he tells us to or praying for who he tells us to. Brush it and off. We're not reaching for who he's telling us to reach for. Giving up whatever he's asking us to give up. Whatever. Because when we are full of the Holy Ghost, faith comes with that. And faith says, if God says to do something, I'm going to do it. And if you're struggling with faith, I advise you to get yourself full of the Spirit. Because when you're full of the Spirit, you can't help but believe that He's going to do what He says He will. So we need to be full of the Holy Ghost. And at the beginning, I shared a mind-blowing revelation with you. Do you remember? We only have the capacity for so much. You cannot be full of the Holy Ghost and something else too. So like always, there's a, a choice. What other things can we be filled with? In Romans 1, Paul writes about the righteous living by faith, and he goes on a bit about the unrighteous. This is all kinds of things that are very much relevant to our society today, wickedness and men with men and turning their backs on God and purity, having a debased mind, all kinds of stuff. And then he says this in verse 21 to 30, or 29 to 31. It says, they were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossip, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. These are other things that we can be filled with. We can be full of the Holy Ghost or we can be filled with all kinds of unrighteousness. We can be filled with evil. We can be filled with covetousness or envy or jealousy. Or we can be filled with the bad intentions and wanting to hurt people. We can war and battle against each other. We can deceive each other. We can gossip and spread lies and tear down one another. We can be full of ourselves and disobedient and all this stuff and more. We can be full of the Holy Ghost or we can allow this other stuff in. Because you're going to be full of something. It's one or the other. Once I was full of all that stuff. Jesus came and filled me with his spirit. Once I was full of all kinds of unrighteousness. You're going to be full of something. It's one or the other. You can't be filled with both. And if we are partaking on anything, in anything on this list, then that's another sign that we're not full of the Holy Ghost like we should be. 2 Corinthians 6, 14-16 says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. What, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people." We like to use that verse for dating. I don't know why that seems to be what it's become. 
I'll be unequally yoked, they would say to you as a teenager. But the principle here is that righteousness and unrighteousness don't mix. That's what he's saying. Righteousness and unrighteousness don't mix. You can have, either have one or you can have the other. But you cannot be full of one and have the other in you. In fact, God says this in the next verse. Verse 17, he says, Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. He says to come out of that stuff. So the question is, well, we're going to be full of something. The question is, what's it going to be? I want to be full of the Holy Ghost. My wife could try to come and play. I don't know. So what do we do? What do we do now? How do, how do we become full of the Holy Ghost? First thing is we need to we need to repent. We need to get all that stuff out that isn't gone. All that stuff that we've allowed in. The second thing is we need to spend more time in prayer together. Acts 4 and 31. It says when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they began to speak the word of God with boldness. Filled in the New Testament means, other than the obvious, not being empty. It means complete. And full in the New Testament, other than the obvious, means abounding in, complete, or completely occupied with. When we become filled with the Holy Ghost, there's a completeness that comes. Our faith is strengthened like Stephen. The Bible says that in our weakness, he is strong. That's when we're full of his spirit. When we're full of the Holy Ghost, where, I, where I, I'm weak, he makes up for that. I'm full, I'm completed. Does that make sense? Our faith is strengthened like Stephen. And there's a goodness about us like Barnabas. There's a boldness that comes in Jesus like Peter and John. There's a joy like all the disciples. We are made whole and we are made complete when we are filled with his spirit. And when we fill ourselves with this other, this other stuff, there's something missing. So I just want to give you an opportunity tonight be full of the Holy Ghost. If you haven't received the Holy Ghost, you can get it tonight. If you have received the Holy Ghost, but other stuff has come in, as we're going through this list, you're like, well, maybe I could use a little more. I could probably get... So first, we're going to spend some time and, and repent. Because so we've got to get that other stuff out. That's, that we've let in. Clean that out. And then we're going to pray. Let's turn this place to a prayer meeting, prayer room. They prayed until the place was shaken. 
And it may take longer than five minutes. It may take, may take a little bit of time. But if we really want God to work, if we really want Him to move, we'll put in the time. Kind of like what we talked about last week, I guess. It may not come entirely easy. It may not. It may have to push a little bit. It may be a little uncomfortable. Some of that stuff gets rooted in there. Some of that stuff needs to be really dug out. And some of that stuff, some of it's even attached to our identities and who people see us as. And we need to get rid of some of that. It may not come easy, but it will be worth it. We could stand, I guess. We're going to, I'm going to stop talking. I'm sure you're all glad. We could just find a place and pray today, tonight. Let him, let him work. I want to be full of this spirit. I don't want anything else to come in. I, there's times when I realize that, maybe you don't want to hear this from me, but there's times when I realize that I just, I've let other things get in the way. And I've let my feelings get in the way. And I've let, whatever, my opinions get in the way. And all this stuff. And I just, need to find myself in his presence and let him work, let him fill me and let him do what only he can do so we're going to do that tonight and if you're you're full of the Holy Ghost great pray for the rest of us find someone to pray for them pray until this place is shaken, don't shake them but pray until it's shaken, what are you doing? Anyway, let's pray together. Let's find a place and pray. In Jesus' name.